This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. Just in time for Disability Employment Awareness Month. Accessibility Standards Canada is asking for feedback on its draft employment standard. Accessibility reporter Megan Gilmore has reviewed the standard. Hey, good morning, Megan. Good morning, Dave. Megan, let's jump right in here. What type of work okay. does this apply to? All right, so because this is from Accessible, uh, Accessibility Standards Canada, say it with me, everybody. This is for federally regulated places of employment. Very good. So that would be jobs that are listed in the Canada Human Rights Act or the Accessible Canada Act. Again, this is federally regulated industries, but this the authors of the standard do note that obviously any employer can read this and adopt some of these practices in their work. And then in terms of workers, um, the authors make it very clear that while this does apply to full-time workers, we consider like your average typical worker, um, it also applies to part-time workers, to gig workers, to temporary mm. workers, to students who are doing like work placements for school, uh, and for workers who are on site or workers who work remotely. So they really tried to be as inclusive and expansive in their definition of who a worker is. Yeah, when you think about a federally regulated industry, a couple of tangible examples for folks would certainly be the transportation industry, right? Mm -hmm. Train travel, air travel, but that also can trickle down into spaces like banks, telecommunications. So these are some of like the biggest industries in the country. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not a small thing. So even if you don't work in a federally regulated industry and you're just like, oh, like this doesn't matter to me. Actually, it does matter to you because you're interacting with those employees all the time. And the better we can support employees with disabilities, the better customer service they can give right to on. the general public. Right on. So, Megan, what are the main ways the standard recommends making workplaces inclusive? I imagine this could be quite a long answer. Yeah, it could be, so I'm just going to summarize it. Um, what the authors recommend is combining two approaches that we often see in disability accommodations or even in when we talk about disability, and those are the systemic and like policy things, and then also individualization to each person. So it's actually recommending that you combine both of those things and makes an argument that you need both systemic structural changes, but also individual uh, tailorization of your accessibility work. What is, what is the standard considering in regards to an employment life cycle? What are they trying to get at with that? Yeah, okay, so this phrase comes up a lot and in the standard. And what they mean by that, what the authors of the standard mean is they mean like all parts of an employee's journey with a company. So that's starting with recruitment, like literally starting with the job posting that is put out for a position and then going through like the interview process and the hiring process and then the onboarding process and then once somebody is onboarded onboarded to a new position retention how do you keep them there and then promotion right we want to see people progress in their careers and then performance management to make sure that people are still performing to the best of their ability and then finally separation like your job will end one day right mm. you're going to retire you're going to move I'm gonna on work, you're gonna I'm going to work I'm going like, to work forever Megan 
Okay, well, okay. Besides, besides you, the rest of us will not be at our jobs forever, just because we're human beings. Um, so, uh, like talking about how does disability influence when somebody has to leave a job, and then there's also uh, portions in this standard that speak to what happens when somebody acquires a disability while they're working or during their course of employment. So, whereas I would come to a job as somebody who's born with a disability, lives with a disability. What about somebody else who acquires their disability while they're working? There's uh, standards that kind of relate to that situation right. as well. Now, Megan, I'm, I'm going to die in this chair giving takes about the Bank of Canada and monetary policy <laughs> and self-driven inflation. That, that That's how it's going to end for me one day. I'm just going <laughs> to keel over. Uh, Megan, what are some of the specific recommendations that stood out to you? Sure. So uh, one that really stood out to me is job postings. I know that's where I've personally encountered a lot of barriers mm -hmm. to employment based mm -hmm. on my disability. Um, and there is a recommendation that where like bona fide occupational requirements exist for a position, like something that is like definitely 100% needed, that those are identified, like identify which ones are actually part of the selection criteria. Um, and that stood out to me because one of the job requirements that often like causes me to like go into an existential crisis is is a driver's license right and yeah, i don't know yeah. like do i actually need a driver's license do i not so what this recommendation is saying is that you need to identify which criteria people are actually going to be selected upon uh, there's a lot of recommendations around job interviews. So like from telling people how long an interview can expect to be so that they can plan transportation. If you have to arrange all, like alternative methods of transportation, that's really helpful. Um, and then also like giving the option for somebody to have a support person to join them in an interview if they need that, that's there. Uh, there's a lot of things on onboarding. Um, so and this is something I found actually really interesting, and I hope companies pay attention to this. So a lot of jobs, like we have that three-month probationary period. The standard is recommending that uh, employers establish that that typical probation period begins only when appropriate accommodations have been made for workers. So you can't judge somebody's employment like how well they're doing until you have given them the appropriate accommodations to do their job um i think promotions is just interesting uh recognizing that we need like that people with disabilities want to be promoted um that's really important um <laughs> like right because i think disability employment awareness month we're like all we need is to give them a job yeah, right yeah. And you're Ma like no actually Megan, that, that is that is one of my greatest hits whenever i talk about disability employment is talking about what's the track to management what's the track to executive right it's it's yeah. great to have a bunch of people in like your lowest rung no authority positions in a company <laughs> what about yeah. decision making Exactly, right? And there, that's a whole bigger conversation to have, but I, I, so I'm glad this standard is uh, bringing that up. It, the standard also rec uh, recognizes a lot that requests for accommodations are going to occur often throughout somebody's employment life cycle, that they're going to change, that they need to be updated, that you need to update just like your accessibility uh, plans and your software to make sure that everything still works. So there is an awareness that requesting accommodations and providing them is not a one-time deal. Yeah, it's it's a living spectrum. It's an it's a yeah. spectrum that evolves going through. And you know, Megan, that's one of the things, right? People might hear the word standard, and it doesn't really mean anything. But you could probably use some uh, some other names for this, some synonyms, things like a blueprint or a guiding mm -hmm. path to say here are the considerations that you must do 
to meet a standard, right? It ends up being a little bit of a roadmap. Uh, Megan, artificial intelligence already exists in workplaces. It's going to become more prominent in workplaces. How does the draft standard address AI? So the draft standard specifically addresses the way that AI can be used in hiring processes, like interview processes, et cetera. Uh, so there's a lot of language in this uh, draft standard about making sure that AI tools are not programmed in a way that is discriminatory towards applicants with disabilities. It's really talking about bias that might be present in different AI tools. And also that applicants need to be informed if AI is being used um, throughout this hiring process, and they need to be asked if uh, if they need any accommodations. So being upfront that, we're up, that we are using AI, but also doing as much as you can to ensure that AI doesn't have biases ingrained in the programs themselves that would discriminate against potential employers with dis employees with disabilities. So the draft regulations for the standard on employment are now open for public review. It's going to be available until 3 p.m. Eastern time on October 31st, so just in time to go trick-or-treating. Uh, for more information, you can visit the Accessibility Standards Canada website. It's accessible.com. Canada.ca, accessible.canada.ca. But Megan, if people want to give feedback, there's probably some advice on trying to read a lot of this document or the entire document. One of the things I admire about you so dearly is you are really good about going through these documents and pulling out the details. What's some advice that you want to give if somebody doesn't want to read the whole thing but get the gist yeah. of it? Okay, so first of all, there is a summary document that has been prepared for you. If you're like me and you don't trust summary documents because you want to know what was left out, um, this full document is 91 pages. Ooh. Yeah, I know. That's what it came out in my Word file when I downloaded it because there's a PDF version and a Word version. Um, so many of those pages are like literally the table of contents um, and then a list of definitions. There's a big definition section oh, yeah. in yeah. this draft. And then there's a bunch of appendices that I did not have time to get to, but they kind of give further background and they say things like 22% of Canadians early age of 15 have a disability. And you're just like, yeah, that's why we're here. But yeah, so a lot of extra information, just as you know, the, the meat of the uh, recommendation is not 91 pages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Megan, this whole segment is about employment. There's mm -hmm. some pretty exciting news for you on the employment right. front. You got a new gig with Canadian Affairs. What's going on? What's the good news? Sure. So um, I started a new position uh, this past week with Canadian Affairs, which is a new online, we're calling it online newspaper, a new Canadian uh, news site, um, CanadianAffairs.news, if you'd like to go there. So I'm their reporter based in Ottawa. I have not posted anything yet, hopefully by the end of this week. Um, so I will be reporting there full time. The plan is still that these segments on AMI, now Dave Brown, are going to continue. I might just be introduced in a different way mm -hmm. and we may talk about other topics. But if you go to CanadianAffairs.news, once I finally have articles coming, you might see some stuff about topics that we've talked about on this show. <laughs> Expanded. There's a chance. So, yeah. Um, because, you know, there's this Canada National Disability Benefit thing and like, the thing. whole world. The, yeah, all of Canada has not been listening to us since 2020, Dave. Talk about it. So <laughs> education going along. Um, so, yes, uh, that's where you can find me. Um, and a lot of my application was based on work that I've done on this program. So thank you for letting me uh, do that.
Megan, you are one of the best journalists in the country. Keep up the fantastic work. Congratulations on the new gig. Really glad to hear you'll still be part of this family and this team as well, though. Uh, best of luck, Megan. Talk to you in a couple weeks. All right, thank you. Have a good show. That's Megan Gilmore. A reminder that draft regulations for the standard on employment are open for public review. It's going to be available until 3 p.m. Eastern time on October 31st. For more information, visit the Accessibility Standards Canada website, accessible.canada.ca. In 60 seconds, Alex Smythe has the weather story of the day. But first, here is Canadian press reporter Karen Rebo with your morning business minutes. Canada's main stock index eked out a small gain yesterday as gains led by utility and tech stocks outweighed a 4% drop in the energy index. Toronto's TSX index crept 13 points higher to 19,034. New York's Dow Jones average gained 127 points and the Nasdaq rose 176. In Tokyo this morning, the Nikkei index surged 1.8% and our dollar is trading overseas this morning at 72.70 cents U.S. A new report by Deloitte Canada says the coming startup of the Trans Mountain Pipeline between Alberta and the West Coast will help boost Canadian oil production to an all-time high of 375,000 barrels a day over the next two years. And a British-Canadian computer scientist who's often called the godfather of artificial intelligence says he's optimistic people are heeding concerns about the deep risks that advances in AI could cause. Jeffrey Hinton says the risks include joblessness, fake news and battle bots. From the Canadian Press Business Desk, I'm Karen Rebo. Thank you very much, Karen. Let's go to Alex Smythe for the weather story of the day. Alex, there continues to be some tumult in the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, Dave, less than a month uh, ago when uh, post-tropical storm Lee battered the Maritimes, they got to prepare themselves for the next post-tropical storm. This time, it's going to be post-tropical storm Philippe that is projected to hit in effect the maritime region this weekend over Thanksgiving. Currently, it's working its way up from the Caribbean. There is a chance that the tracks and, and the projections lead it away, but you know, right now it is projected to hit the maritime region. So that's going to bring he strong winds, heavy rains. If it's it's supposed to be less severe than Lee was, um, where there were widespread power outages and, and coastal flooding, but it's still a reason to be on alert and pay attention to the weather as the weekend unfolds. Stock up on your storm chips. Alex, thank you for this. Coming up after the break, the Capitol Theatre in Moncton, New Brunswick has caught the attention of new community reporter Natalie Foucher. Natalie describes her inclusive experience at the venue. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.